Today's episode brought to you by the D4. Fucking Caltrops. And hello and welcome to our third episode of uh, Stay a While and Listen, a general gaming podcast. Uh, Tonight's topic will be rounding out our multiplayer month, talking specifically about things like party games and convention games for tabletop RPGs, the pickup game, the the ultra-casual multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and get the conversation started first with a hello, Candice, hello, Matt, hello, hello, audience. Hello. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go ahead and open the conversation with Christmas Day, New Year's Eve. Dragon Crown Pro made its way back to my screen. And uh, Adams and Balti, who had came over to enjoy the game with us, have now repurchased the game. <laughs> because of a good couch co-op experience. And the TNA. Oh, absolutely. That game is gratuitous, and it's terrible, because like I was complaining before we started recording, I think it's a solid game without the TNA, and I almost feel embarrassed recommending it to people because of the TNA. I get it's a selling point. Um, Yeah, but if you don't need it to sell it. It's extremely fun to play, but watching that ass on the Amazon just go up and down in that perfect circle is... I don't care. I'm a I'm a heterosexual female, and I still enjoy watching that ass. That sorceress doing the dash butt slam. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a stupid fun game, but we had stupid fun with it. So, yep. uh, couch cooperative gaming, couch uh, multiplayer gaming, just casual pick up and play party games. Do they still exist properly? Oh, heck yeah. I have to say, one of the uh, anime cons that I went back a while back, um, Ohio Con, if anybody knows, it's down in Cincinnati area. Or is it Columbus? No, it's Columbus. Correction. It's Columbus. And uh, there was a room that had, like, you know, board games and everything for just walk in, find some people that look like nerds, sit down to a game. And this is where I discovered the game Smash Up. It's it's a neat co-op-y versus kind of card game that literally you just go in and you go, hmm, I want to play Leprechauns and Cyborgs. And you take the Leprechaun deck and the Cyborg deck and you shuffle them all together and you battle each other like this. You don't even, re- the rules are super simple to learn. Like I learned it in five minutes and there were people just hopping in and out and it was like a good hour and a half of fun. Or otherwise, sometimes at conventions, what you doing? Walking around. So yeah, well, they do still exist for well, sure. Depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about video games or if we're talking about board games, I mean, we 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 talked a lot about it on our last episode. But uh, if you're talking about straight party games, since we've already mentioned Mario Party and things like that, if you go to the more uh, physical, actual games that you can play, you can go from anywhere from a complicated board game that is still a party game in a lot of people's opinion to something like Cards Against Humanity, which is just for those who can't conversate while while inebriated, 
<laughs> but it's a fun party game. I'm sorry. It's a fun it's party a game the first five times. I'll give you that. It's fun coming up with your own cards. For you. Like we we it added always, the... It always sucks when you pull someone else's. This like, is... This is true. It's funny that the the create your own cards. Now it's the question of how will they how will they play throughout the games with different peoples. Yeah, and you can get some very know. specific end jokes that just die on the table, or you can get some pretty good ones. But I mean, there there is a lot of easy to learn, easy to play games because uh, depending upon what age you are. Like if you're if you're my age, you don't have all the time in the world to spend. If you want to just play something, play it fun. Like for instance, Smash, or anything like that. If you have a group of people over and you don't know what to do, then you can just pull it out and it'd be fairly easy to set up and play. There, there's a lot of different things like that. I remember uh, there was a time when any time there were three or more gathered in my name in my apartment, the rock band equipment had to come out. Oh, yeah, Rock Band was a big one of those. And Rock, rock Band, I, I wish that we'd continued it on to the generations further. Like, I would love for a PS4 version, or at least even Guitar Hero. But th- those are another one. Like, you can tell a real good party game by, uh, at least in the adult age group, a good party game by if you've seen someone play it drunk. <laughs> like, that's a fairly good test of that. <sighs> Because a lot of party games that are easy to learn lend themselves to that because when you're inebriated, you're not going to play Scythe. It's not going to make sense to you. But Rock Band while drunk, that's fun. Smash Brothers with items turned on. <laughs> yeah. Just from, You actually just reminded me of a game of like quick pick it up, play it, and go. And you can play it as a single or like multiple people. It's, it's stupid, small, fun, and I enjoy it. Called Dungeon Roll. Anybody ever heard of this game? Dungeon roll. Dungeon roll. The no. the packaging actually is just this little cardboard treasure chest, and inside of it there's a set of dice. There's there's like your dice where you're trying to defeat things, and then you roll dice for this is your enemy, and you can have to fight like a blob. And if you get three three dice collected that are a dragon head, you have to fight the actual dragon itself, and mm. you know, it's like you get your rogue die, and you have, you know, rogue facing on a die, and your little magician facing on the die, and you have to kill things. It's easy, it's fun, but it's also, like, I can play myself, because I'm not strategizing against myself. I'm RNGing against myself. <laughs> Because whoever has tried to play chess against themselves. This is the week and a half after the big holiday. My daughter has played every game that she got by herself against her stuffed animals this past week. (laughs) Um, I remember those days. I'm a big fan of uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse, especially having the computer app. So I can solitaire that anytime. Uh... Actually, scarily enough, looking at my Steam account the other day, that's the game that I've racked up the most hours with. No, really? Well over a thousand. Yeah, well, Sentinels of the Multiverse. I mean, when you're doing with a party game, you have to have a couple of staples for it to be a party game. One of them is a variable gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not variable gameplay, for instance, that's why you can't play as a party game any sort of questing game. 
you know. Even if you have like an MMO and people are on there, it's not really a party game. It has the same outcomes. You go to the same places. Mind you, is different when you're there, but it's it's noble. But for a party game, it has to be varied enough that each time is different. Just enough that we're not going through the same damn motion every time we get together. Yeah. Which Sentinels of Multiverse is good for that. Ascension's good for that. Yeah. Um, there, there's there's several games. Any of them that kind of fall into that vein, as well as I would say, like Dungeon Fire or uh, is it Shadow Fire? The 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 game that has the same kind of concept as uh, Dungeon Fire, but is mocked off of the Shadowrun game is, uh Never game played itself. it, but oh, I mean, I'll trust you on that. One. I've never played it. Yeah, it's it's. It's played like an RPG, only with cards. Instead of, you know, I'm casting blah, 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 you have a thing of hands of going, hmm, I'm playing the wizard. What can I do here that might help the team? And you can play this campaign, or you can just gather an ass load of people and go, we're not keeping score for today, but we're just going to beat some shit up. Yeah, and there's several games that do that. D&D had an older game. Uh, of that concept. I know that uh, several, like, Wizards of the Coast made a WoW version of that um, where you could play it versus uh, some sorts of monsters and sometimes versus each other. Uh, Five-minute Dungeon, Mm -hmm. Five-minute Marvel, both are good, solid little games that pick it up, throw it out, and, oh, it's a matching-the-colors game on a time limit. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that Barring the one exception, I could hand this to almost anybody, say watch five seconds worth, and pick it up and play it. Yeah. Now, mind you, party games are good. They suffer in the lack that uh, for some party games, there is the the appearance of a lot of strategy. But I would like to to get a, a, a group of four friends together, get them highly drunk, and watch them play one of my daughter's games. Oh, which game would that be? Spooky Stairs. Spooky Stairs. All right. So, it's a standard one-die game. Roll a d6, one through four, moves you up to four spaces. Five and six have a little ghost icon. Okay. The little pawns have a magnet on the top. You put a little cover on top. Mm -hmm. This looks like a ghost. Once everybody has rolled a ghost and had to put the cover on their pawn, mm-hmm. you swap two uh, ghosts around. Huh. And it's just, who gets to the end and try and remember which ghost are you? <laughs> yes. Lord. So simple. So, yeah, so but, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Between d- adults can probably so vindictive. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of like the game Sorry. <laughs> Nobody was ever really sorry. No. Sorry was a game of because <laughs> sorry is a game of fuck you. People take it, it. It's a phenomenon when people invest into something that if they feel like they've been cheated, like it's easier for people to to deal with a mistake that was made in a strategy that led to a bad outcome than if they did everything right and then RNG and then brings Bowser them a bad steals outcome. your star. Yeah, like. Curse you, Bowser! It wasn't even Bowser. <laughs> it was random generated. Don't, that way don't, people, don't choose random. You always choose random. 
You just don't like it because it's you. So it doesn't matter if it's random for you. If people select you by not choosing random, you'd be upset. And if you get selected by choosing random, you'd be upset. The the, the denominator is you, not the random. But no, I mean, so so whenever there's there's some sort of random generator that makes it to where someone loses, especially in Sorry, because you lose, once someone hits you, you have to slide all the way back down to, I don't... Home. Yeah, I, as I said, I don't remember if it's a starting place or if there's like different places along the board, but it's home. My it, daughter just got a copy for Christmas. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it it is it is demoralizing because you did nothing to 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 end yourself there, and then you find yourself being placed in that position. It's the same way with getting put into jail on Monopoly. Monopoly makes people mad because you can strategize as much as you can, but you land on the wrong space. No account for what you want, and you can be bankrupt even if you have the best best laid plans. And so people get really hurt by it because they couldn't prevent it, nor do they feel they deserve it. You know what I mean? Where chess, you don't have that. Chess, if you get mad, you're mad because you did it wrong. So a lot of party games can lend themselves to salty people, but a lot of party games are very reliant on random generation of outcomes. You are correct. I'll agree with you. Yeah. Uh, it's just like if you're playing Smash Brothers competitively, it's no items, no stage, simple battleground. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you're playing it in a party, stage is on random and all the items are turned to high. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> people get more mad dying to an item than they do to a player. Absolutely. Oh, every time. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't have died, but you had the hammer. Oh, well, yeah, well, I picked up the hammer. That's my strategy. Well, the hammer just materialized. You're just a bad player. Oh, my God. I hear no. that all the time. Assist trophies <laughs> and legendary Pokemon. Mm, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, the Raithalos assist on Smash Ultimate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that thing because it's such a cool thing to see in that game, but... Oh, it's death to everybody. No, it's, it's one hit dead almost. Uh, I have just gotten Smash on Sunday, and I have probably play already played a good 12 to 15 hours on it. I love that game. I know you think it's a party game. It kind of is. It's still kind of an event. Like, they added a bigger adventure oh. portion to it. No, it's, it's still a fighting game. Don't care. It's fun. An adventure portion doesn't make it a fighting game, but okay. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, the no, things I, that they've has done a, it has added an amazing to it. Single player to it. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's... Oh, it does. But rarely <laughs> do people get together to play a single player. The single player, you play that because you're going to level Unlock. up what you have, learn your characters, yeah. do all that. That's what it's mainly for. And the story in and of itself is fairly unimportant. It's not in-depth at all. Sakurai is... Yeah. He, he has... He has put that baby to sleep. This is the final version. He put of that it. baby to sleep in melee, and they wouldn't let it stay. Yeah, this is true. I mean, I, I get it because one of the things that was interesting is one of the theories going around is the two different factions in Ultimate. One represents what Sakurai wants to do with the world, and one represents the fans coming in and just changing everything. Yeah. Well. Like I said, I believe last time, I very much can, can easily relate Sakurai to Akira Toriyama. Yeah. But uh, this was supposed to end after, you know. Akira Toriyama did uh, uh, Dragon Ball. Yeah, Dragon, Dragon Ball. Ball. Chrono Trigger. Uh huh. Oh, okay. 
Well, I mean, with that, you've got a Kira Toriyama, then you have the one that does uh, the dead uh, Inuyasha. Inuyasha, Ramah on half. She can't end a series. Of, well, here's the they thing. They force her to end it because she, she just never runs out of story. She never ends the story of her own volition. Yeah, that Toriyama is her keep choice. With Akira Toriyama, it was all supposed to end after the Frieza saga, but the producers, the uh, studio was like, oh my god, it's so good, we need more. So mm-hmm. he's like, okay, well, here's this cell, so, you know, here's this. And they're like, yeah. no, 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 we can't have him losing this weird a- old android and whatever that clown thing is. Okay, here are these androids. No, 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 no. We can't have Goku yeah. def- beating up these teenagers. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing, well, I mean, it's still better than having... Green monsters sell some of the best. <laughs> Creepy out of nowhere, though. Yeah, and he also hated drawing the spots on. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, the whole reason Super Saiyans went blonde is so they didn't have to color in the hair. Well, and it's still better than what happened to the guy who did Evangelion. So, I mean, take your pick. Shall we go join the Instrumentality Project? (laughs) Indeed. No, but you're talking about multiplayer games. And there's a lot of games that then get formatted that are very competitive that then get a format that makes them more multiplayer. For instance, in the, the, the card game world, You'll have Standard in Magic the Gathering, you'll have Modern, and then you'll have Commander, or as it was called, EDH, which is more of a party game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way with a lot of fighting games, you'll have, they're doing it more and more, but you'll have modes that are fairly hardcore, they're, standard, uh, they're tournament legal modes where you play that, and then there's just goofy bullshit rules, where you can change the rules. Even with things like uh, in <clears throat> NBA Jam, Mm-hmm. NBA Jam had its hardcore mode. The game was all about just setting the hoop on fire. Let's well, yeah, for most people it was. <laughs> for, for, for us casuals, it was all it about was. big heads and playing as Bill Clinton. Yeah, but they, they pulled people <laughs> in because they got to balance out the system with also pulling in casual players. Because the vast majority of people aren't going to play some of these more party games competitively. And then some of those uh-huh. games just went on to be their own thing. You know what I mean? And that's Mario Party. I don't I honestly, I haven't looked it up. I don't know the origins of Mario Party, why it came about. But, yeah, it was just, hey, here's Mario. We're selling Mario on anything. Because I think the first Mario Party game was on the uh, the GameCube. I think it was GameCube. Yeah, and uh... at that point in Nintendo's history, GameCube was not doing the best. And but I think the could... first, like, two or three Mario Parties weren't even considered blips on the radar. I think no, they were just kind of... they figured that if you slap Mario's face onto anything and sell it, people would like it, so... Now, see, they tried to do a lot more multiplayer stuff with Mario. Because, let's face oh, it, yeah, back, on, back on the SNES, like, you had Mario Kart on the N64, where you had your first iteration of Smash. Like, one of the things that I remember playing a lot, actually, with my brother was... Of all things, Mario Golf. Yeah. Mario Strikers. That's yeah. the, foot, uh, the, soccer. the soccer one. Yeah. I almost uh, uh, revealed my terrible the, heritage there and called it the football game. Even with Olympic <laughs> games. But the, you, you got to look at the company as a whole, what it's set up to do. Xbox is set up to be hardcore shooter gamers. Oh, yeah. PlayStation is usually set up to be more moderate gamers. They'll play some hardcore, but they're, in it, they're adults. Nintendo was always stuck with the child market. And if you want that, you want to actually be able to pull the parents in and be able to entertain multiple children. The last thing you want, if you have multiple kids, 
is people fighting over who's playing. So you just make games that all the kids can play, and they don't take much, and they're easy to understand. So Nintendo did that. Now, Nintendo is more of Nintendo is starting to go more into the vein of the, okay, hardcore gamers kind of want a little bit of this grungy stuff. We want something for them to do on our systems. Exactly. But we still want to release things like Splatoon and Ultimate Super Mario Brothers, whatever it is, where it's four people playing at the same time. Well, Nintendo, Nintendo would always struggle with that. I mean, inevitably they had to because the video game market uh, when we were young, was dictated by what parents would buy for their kids. It truly was. Yeah. Uh, the average gamer now is late 20s, early 30s. And so if you want to hold the market, the people that actually have their own income, the people that have their own jobs, have their money to spend, are going to be more decisive than parents every Christmas buying a game for their kids. Also, so we don't have to worry about that R rating. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, not that know. those did anything. Yeah, no. Truthfully, you know. they didn't. But, but Timmy said that he wanted this auto game. And mm. if, you look, if you look, we really haven't, the price point on gaming hasn't changed that much over the years. Yeah. I mean, adjust the price for inflation. Yeah, the Nintendo, the yeah. Super Nintendo, the Sega Master System, the Sega Genesis, mm. they all came out to about... A substantial investment, but yep. not bank, break the bank. Yep. And no. the games almost always felt like $60, $70 a month, or a game. Yeah. Yep. Now, mind you, the new PS5 coming out next year, well, this year, i.e. 2020, uh, some are rumored to break 500 That's not terrible. Remember the PS3, I think it was, we had $800. Yeah, but the what that Sony has always done it is... Here's our base system for like you know bare bones three fifty ish. But base. then if you want like the with the extra controller and the extra memory and mm-hmm. all the bells and whistles, yes, they tack on a good hundred hundred fifty dollars. So I can see reaching the five hundred. But if you want to reach the most market, that's why they put out that lower smaller when is, when is the ps5 supposed to be dropping uh uh fourth quarter of this year fourth quarter this year yeah they always drop it near christmas, christmas. uh-huh mm-hmm. of course so we've got like almost say 10 months 11 months no i'm hoping to have 800 dollars set aside for my bundle oh yeah okay but i, I'm, I mean when i bought the switch for my daughter it was a good time to buy the switch yeah the switch itself only cost me 200? Yeah. I walked out of the GameStop that day spending four. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is that I they will say the more prices in the package now. Up. Like, you actually get well, the I got, controller. I got four Joy-Cons, I got the case, yeah. and I got three games. Oh, yeah. That, that'll Smash Brothers, Mario okay, Party. The original Nintendo came out with two joysticks, uh, two controllers, yeah. a game that had two separate different games in it. And, and a an option and a zapper. So it's it's I not that the that's, gray zapper. Hell yeah! It's yeah. not that, that the idea like it's kind of humoring to me because even original Playstations came with more than one controller. It wasn't until later that if you wanted another controller, chalk up more. Yeah. So if you because originally older, it was a family computer system. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was, was a Famicom. It was two mm-hmm. controllers. Yeah. Standard. Well, and then, for instance, it used to come with a game. Sega introductory game was Sonic. 
Nintendo's introductory game was there was Mario Brothers Mario and Duck Hunt. Sega Master System introductory game was God, what was the uh, even even not, it was Safari Hunt and something else on a cartridge. Even not too long ago, you get an Xbox, the original Xbox. The introductory game was Halo. You you buy an Xbox now, it doesn't come with games. Unless you, you buy get a bundles bundle. that come with games, but those cost more. The base system though that is sort of like the DLC. The DLC issue. They know what it takes to run the game. Know what it, to run the system. It used to be a setup that you could plug in their base system, have a game, have the ability to play it. If you just take the money, buy a base system for Xbox or for PlayStation now, congratulations, you got a controller, you got a system, you ain't got no games. Counterpoint. Most of the PS4s at this point will come with a free month of PS Plus, mm-hmm. which is going to give you at least the two games that are free that month. Yeah, two games that are so out of date. <laughs> Most of them. Yeah. Every other month, I'll get something good off that. I'm not saying it's horrible, but... I, like, I'm just saying there's a, there's yeah. a game with the but, system. Also, but if they, they're they still have... doing it, aren't those games built anymore with the... Uh... What is it called? The backwards technology where it's like... Backwards you, compatible? Thank you. PS5 no. is word. supposed to be. PS4 is not. PS4 is not. Xbox, Xbox One was. I was gonna is say, kind of, sort of. Because yes, they, PS2 they dropped could some play of it. PS1 games. Yeah, PS3 could play PS2 but not PS1 games. And they no. took that out? PS3, they took out backwards compatibility. PS3s, that's, that's so dumb. PS3s were burning out their motors because they had physical... Uh, Backwards compatibility, not emulated backwards compatibility. And and what it was doing is it was having to run the discs at both the Blu-ray motor and the PS3 uh, motor at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it was burning out their engines. Yeah. Redesign your machine to work better. It was supposed to be just a casual thing. PS5 is supposed to be backwards compatible using an emulated and... uh, supposed to be nifty. I'm hoping that they do a good job with it. Yeah. Honestly, PS Now is probably one of the better things if you're looking for backwards older games, because yeah. I don't have a lot of my old games anymore. No. But I mean, I'm, 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 <laughs> I just, <do. laughs> I'm just talking about buying a thing straight out and being able to play it. Yeah. Like, well, for instance, when I bought a Switch, that was great. I think the Switch... The Switch we had, base Switch, didn't come with anything. You can buy a collector's edition, but it's more. But it used to be that when you bought the base system for something, you could buy extras. But See, you'd have enough. And it used to be you'd have enough for two players and a game that was two-player compatible. See, that was the thing. Like, I don't. I was too young to remember when the Nintendo was actually purchased. When I came along, we already had a collection of, like, six to ten games. Yeah. You know, I could remember but once we started getting into other systems i was already 10 years old and this was the playstation era yes i just dated myself (laughs) that's okay i remember buying the nintendo so (laughs) i remember when my family first got the nintendo because my grandparents got us got me the sega master system instead of this instead of the nes at first yeah see my brother bought the uh, nintendo system I ended up with Sega first too, but so I had the Master System with the little cards mm-hmm. and the carts and cards but yeah, for the first like, year, year and a half. 
when we started going into all the other systems, like the SNES, I have the smaller version that I guess is like the, the top loader with the yeah. red and uh, red uh, power switch. Uh, top loader with purple, actually. Oh, okay. So yeah, okay. that was the second edition of the of the yeah. new S- the NES Retro. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the hell it was, like, got that, got, you know, two of the old Sega systems, but not the Sega CD. And those didn't come with games. So your whole thing of, well, systems came with games, that's not something that I'm ever familiar with. The closest thing to systems came with games were, you know, your computer that is automatically loaded with solitaire, or my mom's uh, no. Word processor that had like a floppy disk of Tetris on it. Oh, well, let me put it in a frame on release of the system. Tetris used to be the highest grossing game of all time. I don't know if it still is. It came with Game Boy, but it was the highest grossing game of all time because it came with Game Boy, mm-hmm. and yeah. because the Tetris that was licensed with your Game Boy was also the Tetris that was licensed with your computer. Yeah, and so the Tetris counts for distribution. Mm-hmm. It had. Crazy numbers. And I'm not going to look it up because I don't have the iPad in the room and you're not going to submit our poor audience to click, well, click, click. Well, actually, fun fact, the new highest uh, sold game, like just number of units sold, is Minecraft. There's a party game if you really want it to be. Like, if I'm not considering that a party game has to be people in the same room. All to me, a party game has to be is What's people your... getting t- together and playing something and having fun. So a multiplayer game. Yes. Just a multiplayer game. Yes. Because... Okay. I will disagree with that, but... It can be if so you WoW want it So WoW is a party game. If you want Quake's it to be. a party game. Why not? So there's Quake, no <laughs> Quake sure as hell was in the land party game. In the land party game. So what's the definition between a multiplayer game and a party game? Or should there be a, de- a defining difference between them? Well, that's what we're talking about this episode. So go ahead. Put it put it all together into one package for us. You want me to put it all together? For, me it's, for me, it's pick up and play. For me, it's it it's the ramifications of a party game are threefold. Investment. So how much effort you have to put into it to develop your character, to develop something in it. To the ability to learn it on the fly. If it takes a lot to learn, like that's why I'll never consider WoW a party game. Yeah, tons of people can play it, but you have to learn WoW. Like all the people that are coming to the table can't be new to the game. You can't have three people just pop on and be like, yay, WoW. It has to be something that is interactive but is easy to learn. Tell that to uh, Blizzard who sells automatic max level coins. It's not the same <laughs> as knowing how the game works, though. So. Uh- that's the rules of the game have to be intuitive to some extent. Lists of most sold units. She's correct. Minecraft is the current reigning supreme. Yep. Number two on that list, Tetris. Yep. yep. Number three on that list, Grand Theft Auto Five. Yep. Those surprising. are the only three games that have broke a hundred million copies sold. Oh yeah. Impressive. Well, you got lineage behind them. I mean, and the phenomenon that pushed Minecraft was the ability a for it to be versatile. And B, for it YouTube. to be uh, basically streamed. Streaming saved Fortnite. Fortnite wasn't any different than PUBG until streamers got a hold of it. Yeah. So um, well, YouTube and Minecraft basically broke each other. Yeah. Like, they made <laughs> each other. But, I mean, what, what I'm saying is... So, real quick, taking mm-hmm. this back to the sub- subject of a party game. Yeah. We're going to go to my corner, tabletop RPGs. Mm-hmm. Fiasco. 
don't know. You don't know fiasco? Nope. Oh, God. It is an interesting word, but All right. I don't know the game. So, it's a game that turns uh, a tabletop RPG experience that puts out something very much like a Coen Brothers movie. Okay. Uh, you, you put together a, a, a group of ideas, and you play the story out in four parts. And in the middle of the two, uh, and after the first two parts, something big happens that goes wrong. Okay. This is where the name Fiasco comes from because yeah. Fiasco happens. And it's it's a GMless game. It's mm-hmm. but I don't know that's truly a tabletop RPG. No. But it is a party game. And it is a convention game. And it is a I have four people who like RPGs that may have never met. Yeah. But and they can do pick something up. pick up and play. Yeah. Like I'll give um, you a difference uh why I define party games the way I do. For me, mm-hmm. uh I, I, this would definitely be a theme party, but ten candles. Yeah. If you play it right, at the end, maybe you got one person of the party that walks out a survivor. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody had fun. Yeah. Well, think about it this way. Uh, when I was younger, uh, when I was in church camp, mind you, that's not no. applicable now. With, but... with, with you, you and Jesus Cristo? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were two different tables of people playing different things. One of them was Access and Allies, which I would argue is not a party game. No, it's not. <laughs> I'll agree with that. Okay. It's complicated. It's fun. And most people, after about an hour or two, were done with the game. But there was... And it can't be played drunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have mattered as a church game. But <laughs> there, was, there was a version of Operation that someone had dug up. We were all too old for Operation, but we had fun with it. You it can play intuitive. Operation Drunk. You can't. It's intuitive <laughs> and it's simple. Like, uh, for instance, one of the biggest party games that you're going to find that are in conventions, but not on the convention floor, but are in convention hotel rooms every year at Acon, every year at Dragon Con, I can guarantee you, is either some form of Flux or some form of Munchkin. Damn Skippy. Yeah. Why? Because you can just pick it up and play it. You've never played it before? Cool. Pick it up. I believe... You may have stumbled on with your earlier convers- uh, your earlier little tidbit. You may have stumbled upon the perfect definition of a party game. Can it be played drunk? drunk. True. <laughs> it has to be intuitive enough that when you drink, you're not going to miss things. You know what I mean? Like, I can't play Lisboa drunk. I can't teach Lisboa drunk. It's just not going to happen. That game is far too complicated. But can people that know how to play get together and have fun? Yeah. Can they have a party while playing it? Sure. But I don't know if it sits as a definition of a party game. You know. What is that, uh, what is it actually called where you write down something, you stick it on your forehead, and, uh... Oh, Indian Poker? Uh... Well, there's Indian Poker, which is the original one where you had to gamble against people, whether who had the higher card. No, this is the one... You're talking about the one like you're a person, and you have to give questions to figure it out. I was gonna say, haven't they turned that into a phone game? I think they have. Everything is with turning the phone game. Everything is a phone game. Uh, Werewolf. Yeah, well, Werewolf is a great. huge game. It's a, a party great game. party game. Yeah. Oh, uh, not to not to bash on our friendly neighborhood gaming store, but I bought my copy of Werewolf from Walmart for mm-hmm. about ten dollars cheaper. Oh yeah. So if you want a copy of Werewolf right now, and the friendly local gaming store is out like they always are. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't bought anything from our friendly local gaming store for board game nights in a long time because Amazon exists and it delivers in a day and. I want root. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> what, what, what was the game you guys were talking about last time? Was it Gloomhaven? Uh, Gloomhaven? Yeah. Was that the yes. one that you were talking about? That is a gigantic box that, that is about $300. That is a complicated This is what I was asking. Was Maybe. that the one that we were talking about last time that somebody at this table has? I own it. Okay, cool. That's yeah. it. I just wanted to confirm. Yes. Uh, somebody <laughs> I, else. I own that behemoth that I need a hand truck to bring to your house. Yeah. <laughs> I have a dolly. <laughs> uh, one that's kind of like Gloomhaven that I play a ton of with a friend of mine is Brimstone, which is like Wild West Gloomhaven. My my daughter, uh, I've heard Gloomhaven has a new one coming out, Icehaven, Frosthaven, something like this, There's, this year. There is an expansion for it out already. Well, no, I know this that is much. a new edition, a new version, oh, something crazy. Oh, yeah. God, don't it's, let my husband know. It's sort of like, a, it's sort of like a anything Cthulhu, like the Cthulhu ones where you have to go and do a mystery. And you have oh, to the Arkham it. Asylum games. Arkham Asylum. House on Haunted Hill, I'm going to buy those. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a copy of House on House Haunted, on Haunted Hill. Hill. You play that game seven times and you've seen all the endings. I don't care. Yeah. But you can play it drunk. <laughs> uh, right, for no. anyone so that, because you can't see me, I'm face palming so hard right now. My daughter got two and a half copies of Sorry for Christmas. Right. Two How do you get a half? Two copies of Sorry, and then a copy of a game called Oops. Okay. Uh, and oh, the okay. Oops tokens are, pawns are very British pawns, like the cheap Plastic British ponds where they're yeah. sharper, pointier. Yeah. But they still have a good knob on it. And the game itself is so... The board the board is so warped that it is currently laying underneath the bigger, blacker box of Sentinels of the Multiverse getting flattened out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing is party games aren't known for the quality of board games. This is true. You can make them cheap. Cheaply made party games is one of the problems. You know, have you ever seen really well-made party games? Oh yeah, like uh, there there is several that have been really well made. But, but I mean, you know, you, you you run across that copy of somebody's got a Parcheesi ori- that's been in their family for hand carved. The original Catan. <laughs> yeah. Or the or, or the special edition Catan that comes in the in the Ooh, box with the the yeah. magnetic steel bookshelf box. Mm-hmm. I've got a game out in the garage called Dread Pirate, mm-hmm. and it's a bookshelf edition. So the game the the box that it's in is the shape of a, of a big tome oh. and it's got a magnetic clasp and a hinged box and you pull it out and the I'm, board is a fucking uh, material board. Oh, yeah. I'm uh. a sucker for good pa- packaging. There, there's a lot of games that do really well with that. Um, I hate disposable games. I think they're, they're one of the worst. I, what I say about that is like uh, Risk Legacy. Mm-hmm. So huh? it has. Have you ever heard of Risk Legacy? I don't remember. No. I've heard okay, of it, but I don't remember the difference. I've heard of Risk it. itself, but not Risk Legacy. I don't remember Legacy. what the difference of Risk Legacy is. Is this the one where you put the stickers on the board because you've nuked a country yeah. out of existence? You nuked it. So it's, it's no like, longer it's like a, a viable campaign. game. Yeah. When you get done with Risk Legacy, <sighs> that board is done. All the things are open, all the, the stickers are played, uh. everything. And See, I'm the cheap asshole that would just go and cut out the stickers but not take the backing of it and be like, I'm setting this here. Don't you dare turn on that fan. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, and you got to know it for the next game because it's like yeah. an eight-part game series that tells I'm the, the jerk who would be like pulling out my multicolored little dice tokens that I use for to count down monster health on D&D. And I'm, okay, these are these. Here yeah. we go. And at the end of the night... 
yeah. and digital pictures of everything, and we oh, can yeah. replay this game. We can reset it. Yeah, yes. At least, at least Scythe made uh, uh, their expansion that is legacy-based to actually be resettable. There was a big craze like four years back making legacy game versions of common games that the board was basically disposable. And that's kind of a fun party game. You can play it when you're drunk, but you just spent 90 bucks on a board game that is just going to get wasted. Am I the only one who's like... Okay, we've all expressed that we have the big grown-up board games these days. Oh, yeah. Am I the only one who's a little upset that all the big adult board games nowadays run $70, $80, $120? Yeah. 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 Well, and you true. can get them cheaper, but honestly, the ones that I've seen that are like 50 and under, when you start even getting closer to that $20 range, they're the family games, party games, just the straight up it's it's a deck of cards, and this is your game. And it's like, but what if I want something that's bigger than that? You, you know the, the the trick behind that, right? Collectors have more money? Not exactly. Where is the board games coming from right now? You're right. The big three, Milton Bradley. Uh, well, not those. Milton Bradley Mattel. didn't make Gloomhaven. Milton Bradley didn't make Root. No, oh, we're talking about the... Side. The big expensive ones are Kickstarter campaign starts. You are yeah. correct. So you're dealing with a small base person who's doing it out of a place that can't cut overhead. While, you know, Milton Bradley can make a Ouija board for dirt nothing. Because one, they have a factory. Mm-hmm. And two, mm-hmm. they have, you know, uh, buying costs on plastic. Remind me to show you at some point in time the game that I got off of Kickstarter this last year. I think you would enjoy it. Is that the minis that are on top of your shelves? That's the minis I took to your to work yeah. to show you. Yeah, those. Yeah, those yeah. are there. Those are there, yeah. Those are pretty. Oh, the game itself, the concept is really nifty because your characters have to move in the direction of the magnet that's mm-hmm. in the board or you're moving a compass. Either way, it's an interesting concept. And I haven't even played it yet. And with the Kickstarter ones, they're also more innovative. Oh, so they're going to have parts that are uncommon like you, you know how easy it is to make a board that just has a sticker because that's honestly what uh if you ever watch how they make a board for like monopoly it is a cardboard board and then it is the 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 board that you have no know of is just pressed on mm-hmm. and okay. it's just a giant stupid sticker you could eventually like get some acetone and peel that off so it's I easy have- to make but with Kickstarter, they make custom actual pieces and things to go in. Yeah. Speaking from interesting personal background, you know, I've worked out at the prison for five years. I have seen Monopoly boards. I have seen Sorry boards. I have seen Trouble boards. I have seen board game boards made out of uh, cardboard or paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, dice spinners because they didn't want to get in trouble for gambling. Although dice made out of aspirin, I've seen the good dice were made out of aspirin or dominoes. The bad dice were made out of paper or um, whatever they had lying around. But spinners were spinners were very popular, and paper magic get decks and paper mm-hmm. monopoly decks and or games. Necessity is the mother of invention. Mankind hate loathes boredom. No. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird because it turns out... Uh, boredom is actually good for you. Here recently, yeah, a science, art, uh, science article yeah. out there saying that the 
order being bored helps uh inspire creativity and and imagination Mm -hmm. imagine the creative person at the table knows about this study Hmm. Gee, <laughs> nerds talking about things like studies mm. <laughs> and numbers. <laughs> but no, I mean, well, when it comes to party games, I think there's there's definitely some things that it has to to adhere to to be a party game, and one of them definitely is accessibility. I, like I said, I think you tap the hit the nail on the head when you there's, when there's you there's alcohol. Can, can you pair it and play it impaired? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> can can you be significantly mentally impaired due to alcohol poisoning and still pull off a good round of it? Oh, it is it is four o'clock in the morning. You are exhausted because you just yeah. got to the convention that night. <laughs> You've met these random strangers. None of you knows anything more than you're at an anime convention together, so you like Japanese cartoons. Yep. And you drove eight hours, and you've had two beers at the bar from where you met these people, and now you need something to do, and it's four o'clock in the morning. The oh. sex is off the table because you're at an anime convention. No, because no, you have a spouse. That's not true. <laughs> that's 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 true for about two thirds. I'll give you that. That Acon, that's true for about two thirds. Oh, One third knows better. I don't care. If you've ever actually been to an anime convention... Acon 12 years in a row, yep. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. So you have that... Anime movie. Fest two years in a row. Yep. Yep. Um, Colossal Con three years in a row and one time to Ohio Con. You have those rooms that are rated for... This is like a oh, family yeah. room for four that, people. They, they cram 16 people into. And don't forget that each one bought, brought at least one liter of alcohol per night. Mm-hmm. The people that go in there and like, I got a crock pot of this. And it's like, what do you have in there? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, I've been to furry conventions. So, yes, there's... Furry conventions, your numbers are going to rise for people that are doing it for sex. But anime conventions, I I will say my favorite story is, is that I have a friend who, he is a nerd to the very core, and he's ignorant of anything that isn't nerd. And a cosplayer for, uh, I want to say Monster Hunter, so it wasn't long ago, a female cosplayer handed him a room key and said, listen, here's my room key, you can stay with me tonight. The response of this individual, who is single, who desperately talks... He, he's, he's the desperate version who doesn't want to be a virgin. You know that kind of person? Oh. Who won't shut up about oh. sleeping with people and you know he hasn't? Looks at her dead in the eye and goes, That's real cool of you, but I already have a room. And hands it back. Oh. Didn't catch any of it. Yeah. Does anybody remember the HeroScape games? Slightly, yes. No. Hex game, hex board that you built up on multiple tiers. It was Never almost supposed it, to be. I've heard of it. Oh, I bought them. I bought them and I played solo because I never had enough people around. That's like me with Hero Clips. Yeah, it's it's getting enough people's it's attention. Enough people, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. A lot of games so are investment. It is not a it, HeroScape was not a was not a party game because it had to be taught. The, the other See, thing about a party here, game here's another game that I'll throw out there for you because I think this would this can qualify as a party game. Splendor. Don't know Splendor. 
the game of you're basically collecting colored poker chips that represent gems to buy cards off of the board. I don't yeah. know how many people oh, I have recommended this to. Well, and the thing about it is, is the other thing that a party game needs to be, usually, at least when it starts out, because uh, I'll give Catan the party game tell, uh, is that everything you need to play a good game of this is in the box. That's why like, uh-huh. Magic the Gathering isn't a party game. you got to have your cards already, so the person already knows it. But if everything you got is in the box and that's all you need, you're good. Actually, that is a good definition. Okay, so so far, to be a good party game, you have to be able to play it a little bit while inebriated, and, so you, don't, and you don't need to go out and buy extra crap. But does that eliminate all the um, multiplayer couch co-ops? And... Video games? Yeah. That's a whole different beast, but yeah. Yeah, um, it really is. Well, because because you're, you're walking into that one knowing that I'm purchasing this game because I'm going to play it well, with X, just, Y, and Z people well, well, or play it like a lonely bastard on the couch. Well, just bringing up the con- the, con- the concept, um, I know many people, PS4 could, well, could four-player co-op Borderlands 2. I don't know many people at the time who had four PS4 controllers because $70 for a controller that you might not ever need. Sure, it would be nice if these people added multiple controllers on their launch. I mean, you know, not like that changed. Anyways, no, I mean, when it comes to video games, you're, you're, it, 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 it keeps it within the realm for me of saying a party game has to be couch co-op. And I know that's a very strict thing to say, but one, if we keep by the inebriated rules, that's easier to do. But two, is that certain games are tailored that we know are party games, and most of those are couch co-op. You'll take your Mario Party and your Smash, for example. Nintendo's one of the best at party games. Mm -hmm. Um, Smash, once again, super intuitive. You don't have to really know what the buttons do. You just figure out the jump button, everything (laughs) else attacks, you sit down... You're going to have just as much a chance, usually with the vast majority of the populace, to have fun with it. You're not going to be playing like the four gods of Smash. And My you. daughter is having fun playing it, and she has literally, at the end of the game, she comes up to me and says, Daddy, I managed to use three Smash attacks. Yeah. Because I've told her, you need to learn how to use Smash attacks. Oh, yeah. Oh, you didn't tell her that the uh Oh, I right told her three is- times. She doesn't play a lot of games. Yeah. Her games, the games that she plays right now, and this is not... I was going to say, she played a Mario Kart for a while. Is, this is not my fault. I've given her the opportunity. She plays a lot of Spyro. She plays a lot of Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. She plays a little bit of Smash Brothers. I yeah. cannot say anything bad about Spyro. I loved that game. I got, I think, I think I got Spyro 2 for Christmas when I was like 12. I beat that sucker before it was the new year. Mm. Well, I mean, but when you're talking about party games, I think you have to stick to couch co-op. Simply because we're trying to say that... Are are we talking about a game as a game that you play at a party? I wouldn't say that it has to be couch co-op, because co-op I don't think it would have to be co-op. It would have to be couch play. Yes. Yes. Couch multiplayer. Multiplayer. That's your term. Because co-op... Is the idea the that we are playing together? Us playing together. Okay, to well, yeah. No, this this, 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 usually this, that, that kind of stuff is labeled in a couch co-op. But yeah, no, like Smash, it's not exactly co-op. Yeah, if you, you turn the box teams, over and it says one to four players, 
Yeah. Bing. Yeah. That's that local gonna, multiplayer. Well, and here's the other thing that you got a question about what is a party game? Is it a game that you play at a party or is it a game that you play instead of a party? Meaning y'all all come over for it to get together, y'all get drunk and y'all end up playing this. Or hey, we're all going to meet and play Monster Hunter together and it's going to be a land, uh, a party over in online. That's a different beast because I think when I think a party game, it's this is something you pick up. This is something you all do. I think that's the definition that we've been operating off yeah, of. Okay. Is this yeah. is a pickup game? Yeah. So I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have to have your entire Jackbox games yeah. list. Like, so you have your those. quiz games. You have, you know, your racer games are still those that. DVD trivia games from the nineties. Oh, oh God, and VHS before that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, but, I mean, like you, you gotta have. Once again, one of the biggest things about it is it's got to be intuitive. It's got to be easy to pick up, easy to put down. I guess why, like, Mario Kart is a great party game. Cargo forwards. Have you heard about the uh, the Mario Kart drinking game rules? Have you yeah. seen this? This is hilarious. I think it okay. should be a testament that there's a drinking game around it. So okay, it so check this out. Sure. It's very simple. Every competitor has a drink in front of them, and it is a solid amount of alcoholic beverage. So, so a bottle of beer, a, of Jack. A, a bottle of beer, a serious <laughs> like Long Island iced tea style Where's drink, or whatever it is that yeah. you're drinking, but it takes time. Shut up, Siri. Who can? <laughs> my headphones are connected to my phone still, and Siri just started talking to me. Uh, I hope nobody edited it out. I hope nobody heard ah. that. Um, but but Siri just wanted you to know the weather. Uh, uh, she wants to take me out to Mexican food. <laughs> Siri has problems. And she oh. needs some sort of. She just and... she just knows what I like. Come <laughs> she, on, she, she's, every day she's is trying taco. to hone in on your relationship with your wife. Every mm. day is Taco Tuesday if you try hard enough. That's true. Um, Do you actually have to try? No. Okay. No, um, tacos. There's a. Uh, so, Mario Kart, you got an alcoholic beverage in front of you, usually a bottled beverage. Right. You have to finish the bottled beverage before you finish the three laps. Okay? But... I'd play with that's a jack. But <laughs> drinking and driving is against the law. So you have to pull over to the side and stop your car. Whenever you take a drink. To drink. And so there's some strategy here to yeah. drink it fast. So everybody's <laughs> failing on Rainbow Road. <laughs> Not that everybody wins Rainbow. No one wins Rainbow Road. Rainbow Road wins you. <laughs> Rainbow it's Road so is the Mario Russia. party of Mario Kart. <laughs> it is. It's so funny Say, Russia. Rainbow Road drives you. <laughs> Say, you look like you're having fun there, driving your little motorized vehicle around this course. How about we end that? Come on over here. Rainbow Road. It'll be fun. Rainbows. What? So. Later on, things are on fire. People are screaming. I'll just queue up the, you know. So through the course of the, through the, course of the race, you have to pull oh, over. What is that screen? And drink your beverage. And it has to be finished before you can cross the finish line. So shotgun it at the beginning and then go. That's probably what I would end up doing. Yeah. Actually, I would either do that, I would either chug it real fast at the beginning, or I'd chug half of it real fast at the beginning, and then stop at the second lap. Because if, if, 
if you do the math, how long does it take to get inebriated versus how long is an average race in Mario? It's Kart? not the it's not the the drink itself shouldn't be enough to inebriate. Thing you're doing is wrong. I, if you, I agree if with you. If you haven't eaten all day and you chug it fast enough, yeah, because. Screw that. If it doesn't screw up my gameplay, I'm winning this after chugging it. <laughs> I, I was I was the wrong individual to have this conversation with when I was a younger man. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm an older man, I don't actually get drunk. I just get sick. So Yeah, no, that's the same here. Yeah. I remember New Year's that I was like, they're like, oh, you're going to drink gin. No. No one drinks gin that's my age. I see, I was, you hate yourself if you drink gin. I was drinking... I don't know... For Honey the longest whiskey? time, my, my mom's drink is gin, and so yeah. When I was when I was in my twenties and I was angry, I drank seven and seven. Is what I drank, and I knew that if I drank seven and seven, no one would take my alcohol. You know what seven and seven is? I do know what seven and seven is. It's Seagram's and seven up. Yep. And I'd have people be like, "Oh, what's up? What you're drinking?" And then they'd cough and hand it back to me and I was fine. Oh. Now, I can't even stomach Bombay Sapphire for more than like 30 minutes. The year I turned 21 I can still chug rum though, I don't know why. The year I turned 21, my wife and I both contributed a large amount of money. An insane amount of alcohol. Cat stares yeah. at you. Literally, by the time we moved into an apartment together, we brought the same alcohol leftovers <laughs> and had a st- fully stocked bar for like five years worth of our relationship. Because I had brought $300 worth of this and this and this and this and mix and mix and this and this. We had a full bar set Mm -hmm. up because we had a friend's house that we could safely drink. And we were 21 and wanted to find out our limits and wanted to try everything. Yeah. And my wife met my mother the next day, hung over. (laughs) 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 And I failed to get drunk. You didn't try hard enough. I got giggly, but I also took 52 shots. I have my doubts about that number, or someone gave you water. No, we kept the count. 52 shots of what? Started out with 151 and down the line. Ah. So, some of it counts, some of it didn't. Now, this is over an entire night. And I do mean entire night. We started, we got together at 5, and we didn't go to bed until 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, okay. 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 So this is like a two-hour sitting and people chanting as you while your liver shriveled and died. I should, <laughs> but I kept a little tally mark. Uh, I can't say shots. Maybe some of them were drinks because some of them were mixes. drinks, mixes, and what have you. Yeah. But fifty-two drinks over the course of almost twelve hours. Yeah. See, and I find found it impressive that when I, I started never drinking, got drunk, like. I've never been pass out drunk. I don't know what that limit is I in myself. Don't because when I was uh, oh, younger, oh, you poor souls. I tried. I hit. I, I hit the wall of financial and uh, liver concerns. I I <laughs> hit the wall of. I ran out of my six pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade when I was. Oh yeah, young. you're not gonna pass out drunk from that. This was this was one of the first things I drank. I enjoyed the mail. She should be sure. able to. But I'm also Polish. I will tell you, I will tell you, I have been passed out drunk on my favorite alcohol. No. Once. I got so drunk one time that I got sick and was throwing out 
throwing up outside the door as my mom was driving me home and I was saying, curse the world for letting me do this to myself. But that's the closest I've ever gotten. Like, then you just go home and you're just like, I and just sleep until yeah, noon the next day. None of my experience. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm older, I drank too much is, oh, I've got an upset stomach and I feel like I might vomit, not I feel drunk. I can still get drunk. I think the only time I did pass out drunk was uh, my favorite my favorite alcohol in the world, which is Spiced Rum. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. they had Captain Morgan, which is good enough. It's fair. It's, it's, it's not it's amazing. quite acceptable for cheap. Captain and Ginger. Ginger? Ginger Ale. Ginger Ale and, uh, and Captain. Captain Morgan well, Spice Rum. The yeah. time that I got drunk. Supposed to be and, supposed to be a cream soda. And passed out. Was. I was at a friend's house. And I will tie this into video games just so it's happy. <laughs> because I was playing. Uh, I was playing Guitar Hero. So this puts us. First Guitar Hero. So you can figure out this puts us. 2000. We're not going to bother with that math. Anyways. <laughs> Say mine was Margaritas and Guitar Hero. So. Two bottles of Captain's Morgans in an hour and a half. Working your way towards the admiralship. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Evidently. Um, that ended passed out drunk. I don't know how I got from... Okay, there's snippets of what happened. I don't know how I got from <laughs> playing Guitar Hero to asleep on the yard to then... Obviously your legs. Uh, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> but then... In the bathtub, I just took a bath. There was a full-on party going. I just decided I'd take a bath. Took a bath. Fell asleep in the bath. Woke up. And then I remember waking up with uh, sitting cross-legged, bear-hugging a trash can. (laughs) So, yeah. I have have passed out, blackout drunk once. You've ever had rum cherries? Yes. Or vodka cherries. You know, you take the maraschino cherries, you dump out half the juice. A friend of mine was not the most intelligent friend. Dump out all the juice. He dumped out all the juice and put in Everclear. Oh. He's an idiot. The cherries turned white. Yeah, that's almost trash can Kool-Aid. Trash can Kool-Aid is Everclear. Okay. These cherries got confiscated from him. I wonder why. Because he was in a self-depressive <laughs> spiral and drinking way too much. And, yeah, don't do that. You know, so he, oh, yeah. his alcohol got confiscated from him, and he earned his alcohol back, but he left the cherries in the fridge. So we dumped out half the Everclear, mm-hmm. and we dumped in almost a full bottle of grenadine, <laughs> trying to convince yep. the cherries to be cherries again. Sounds about right. Which is funny because they were almost tolerable. They tasted like cough syrup Mm -hmm. and they burned all the way down, but they were almost tolerable. (laughs) But we ended up having a halo (laughs) night. Loser eats two cherries. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, but see, like, the other thing that is a big deal, I think, for party games and why. (laughs) Can you make people eat cherries from it? Well, no, but here's the thing. Drink. I can, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink. 
I can make memories that are decent with multiplayer games that are online. Like, I have a couple of those. But a party game is something that you'll always remember. It's a party game is about the party. Yeah, it's always going to be attached to that memory. You know what I mean? Like, and it'll be a, it'll be an integral part of that memory. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'll give you an example. Street Fighter's not a party game, but I've been to some parties and made it a party game. Damn Skippy, yeah. Damn Skippy, Killer Instinct in high school before we were ever alcoholics. But it was play and pass, play and pass yep. versus modes, staying up till three in the morning, four in the morning, summers up, and you're. High on s'mores and pixie sticks oh, because yeah. you're a we, fucking see, high. I think the sun comes up and you didn't did go that. to bed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. See, I think we did that uh, in high school. We made an anime club after school and somebody brought one of their systems in. And we did that with a, a uh, Dragon Ball fighting game. Oh, God. Probably I yeah. I don't remember it, but there was a game on Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. That very anime artwork fighting game. Gym Fighters. You picked up the gems. It was somewhat 3D. No. Really? That was one It of was ones. all fucking giant robots. Oh, yeah. I know that one. So, like, one giant robot was done in the art style of Evangelion, and one was Super Sentai, and one was... Yeah. Please tell me one of them was Big O. Yeah, one of them was, like, Big yes. O. And, um, it was, like, Magnus or Z, but, yeah, the same art style. And mm-hmm. Oh, man. That was fucking never... Anything more than a fighting game, uh, than a party game for us? Yeah, because it was a Japanese game on an on, in the U.S. Dreamcast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what's going on, but oh my god, it's Evangelion versus yeah, Power Rangers fight. One of, one of the <laughs> most see, interesting. See, on mm-hmm. that note, I forget what game it is, but there is a Sonic game for the GameCube that was multi multiplayer, and you could like get the. I think Tails and whoever the pink chick is, mm-hmm. you could get them to fight Amy. in boss. Yeah, her. Or you could like race Sonic and Dark oh, yeah. Sonic. No, after Mario Party, there was a lot of different yeah. party games. But uh, like, Crash made I was one. I was able to get my brother's friends to come over like, come over and play this. Yeah, turn that into a party game. Yeah, I mean, what was the, what was that the that link four swords on Advance? Yeah, everybody yeah. had their own colored link. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember us wanting to do that so bad as a party game. Hell, Monster Hunter Portable was yep. a party game for us for a little while because it was all land connected, hour no. long uh, hour long lunches, and hey, look, there's a quest that's an hour of hunt as many cuckoos as you can in an hour. Yeah, now every game can be turned into a party game <clears throat> with the right group, but not every game is designed as a party game. Absolutely. Yeah, because... Fucking a party game that was very complicated back in the day, once again, this is going to say... Ooh, I can remember the the name of it. I can I can remember the names of some of the robots. There was an Atlas. It was uh oh jeez. Oh, this is fucking BattleTech. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Back god, my husband day. loves that. The very game. first BattleTech when it came out, me and a friend in high school. I have some of the, the original of that. Carmageddon of that game. Carmageddon was fun. Carmageddon. I would love BattleTech to come back. To be honest, it's still around as far as the video games yeah. are concerned. Just mm, it's, it's not the same. The idea of it's around. <laughs> oh man, what was that? Uh, peripheral games. What was it called? Um, 
it was it was Xbox in the era that I didn't have an Xbox, but it had that giant chair console with all the flips and oh, toggles. And move it and everything. Yeah, yeah, Metal Storm or something uh, like that. Oh, oh, oh! The name of it was a waste of money. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would yes. I would absolutely love to waste the money to get hands on it now. Yeah, if it was dirt cheap. Yeah, but I would love. I would love. Like we were talking the last time about the Artemis ship. Uh, Simulator, the bridge yeah. simulator. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love stupid shit like that. Yeah, but you, you get enough people that are interested in it together. Absolutely, yeah, it was the same with land parties. Hell yeah, land parties. I remember up at my university Quake mods, we had a StarCraft One land party. Hell yeah, that we did in the computer lab. We were all sorts of Warcraft Two mm-hmm. land parties. We were mm-hmm. Quake modded land parties. So it was Star Wars or X Men. Oh yeah, multiplayer quakes. Before the era of Gary's Mod and all that fun shit. Um, Alright, so uh, we're cresting the hour and eight minutes mark, so we're going to try and do our formulaic uh, moving on or to a nice descent. Uh, favorite party game. This is can be any style. Computer. Designed for parties. Computer or... Uh, a uh, video game or sitting at a table around a board game or a card game or whatever. But what's what's the thing that every time you've got a bunch of random people together, this is the game that goes over pretty golden for you? Well, that's actually the word for it. Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Back in the day. Hell yeah. It wasn't built to be a party game, and Halo kind of replaced it later on when we didn't have the tech for it. But when I was a kid... If you had four people in a room, or more, you had mm-hmm. four people. If you had more, you'd just run a tournament and just set up brackets. But you could play Goldeneye, and Goldeneye was the shits back in the day. Just plain simple, hands down, four player split screen, just stupid shoot 'em game. Definitely. Pass. So I gotta think on this. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta think on this. Um, I'm gonna try and take us to um, to the table, but uh, I- I'm a big fan of as much as it got knocked earlier. Uh, Cards Against Humanity mm-hmm. and Munchkin and uh, what is it, what is it over there? Super Fight. Yeah, yeah. Super Fight. I'm a big fan. Right. I'm a big fan of have a deck of cards, turn it into something that gets a bunch of Idiots laughing. Yeah. And I'm calling us all idiots out of love. I'm not insulting <laughs> anyone's intelligence. <laughs> well, I mean, hell, if you got alcohol, you're going to be an idiot. That's right. Yep, you just get louder. And <laughs> you may not know it. I've learned that one's true. And we're up way past our bedtimes, and we've just got, come back from a rock concert, and we're going to be stupid and keep the fun rolling. Okay, you know what I honestly yeah. think should fit in the definition of a party game? Hmm. Subverts adulthood. Yes, a lot of party Makes games feel like great. a child oh, again. Yeah. Well, because then, because like Mario Party, for instance, you could use the same mechanics and games and put it in not so memorable, childish-looking graphics and characters, and it wouldn't be the same. But things that either remind you of your childhood or subvert the the, the time spent being an adult let you take a, take a step away from it. Yeah. It's an immediate exit sign for a while. The same reason we <laughs> drink alcohol. Responsibilities are out the door. Yeah. Okay, going on that then, to answer your question, if I had my choice, 
Which it would do? definitely be um, like Super Smash Brothers. Huh. I absolutely love that game. But the problem, idea, yeah. but the problem with it is, I rarely ever actually have enough people to play the game with. What always happens with me is the party game of my friend group is the Jackbox games. Why have someone that owns? all versions of them so whenever we get together that's immediately what we're playing because someone links up a steam account we all pull up jackbox we all have our phones out and we're all now laughing at all of the fart and piss noises mm-hmm. uh, that's uh for me uh, that's uh my friend for his kid's birthday party did this laser tag thing but every laser tag gun had the phone mounted to the damn gun and it's like i really am glad i got a mil spec case for my phone because i'm sending it out in the hands of a 10 year old Mm -hmm. playing laser tag don't get me wrong how many phones died that day none i was quite surprised i was quite surprised But uh, thank you for mil-spec cases on your phone. Uh-huh. Um, but given the choice between him and that, or me and my 50-plus, uh, 500-rounds Nerf collection, mm-hmm. I would rather have the Nerf. Yeah. Yeah. Pick up and play, and he had to sit there and fight with it to do the connect and get the game start. Hey, you fuck this. Just pull out the... Pull out the Nerf stuff and, oh, and, look, there's some inflatable barricades I can buy now. Mm-hmm. And come yeah. on, what kid does not have that destructive, violent bent where it's like, I get to shoot somebody? Even if it's mm-hmm. fake little foamy, you know, balls and cylinders with suction cups on the end. I get to shoot someone. Well, and, and one of like, uh, I was at a party as a high schooler and they brought out... I think they were f- basically foam uh, samurai swords. Even as high schoolers, were like, ah, 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 oh yeah, just well, running around the yard, bapping each actually, other. That actually taps into a design thing that's actually kind of interesting. That my once friend, again, my friend Andrew's first apartment. I'll let you tell your design no, no thing in just a second. But my friend Andrew's first apartment. He was the first of the group of friends that was mature and responsible and had his own apartment, his place, and his name. Mm-hmm. There were pillow fights and penny flick wars <laughs> that left furniture broken and divots mm. in the wall. But oh my god, talking about being able to pause adulthood, mm-hmm. never uh-huh. would you expect 20-year-old young men running around having a pillow fight. Because it's no longer a pillow fight. It is a pillow war. This is correct. (laughs) As I was saying, the difference between laser tag and nerf guns. You know why there's such a visceral content? It's it's because of what's called, and you you notice this, once again, I'm going to go back to fighting games because that's what I'm good at. What you have to program into that is impact, Mm -hmm. meaning... It has to sound like huh? a hit. It has to feel. It has to have a visceral weight. Oh, color. that's Monster Hunter. The difference between airsoft and paintball. Yeah, I love airsoft because you can have the guns that look like millispec guns. Yeah, but because it doesn't make up. Yeah, and there's no big it's, splash of paint. There's a meaning to that sort of impact to it. It gives and, weight to the thing. Oh, yeah. So laser tag is fun, but you ever notice that people can play more in laser tag because. Uh, 
You don't see a projectile. All of a sudden, your vest is lighting up. It doesn't feel like you got shot. It doesn't feel like you lost it. But when you get hit by Nerf or paintball, there's mm-hmm. no argument about it. It has impact. It has weight and real, uh, realism to it. It's like when kids start fighting over the, you know, like fake finger gun kind of thing. You know, yeah. pew, pew, pew. I hit you. No, you didn't. I put up my magic shield. Yeah. No, I didn't. My gun has penetrating. Pew, pew, pew. Well, and that was the thing. I have a friend who has... You're a stormtrooper, so you missed me. That's okay. I'm a red shirt. I died anyway. <laughs> my, my friend, I have a friend who played Dauntless. Does he know that game? Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to get him into Monster Hunter because I think he'd like it. Well, you also. But... <laughs> <laughs> One of the big selling points I'm trying to convince him on is the impact of the weapons. Mm-hmm. When you play Dauntless, the weapons do make cool sounds, but they're not as impactful. They're not the the sounds they do make don't fit the weapon as well. But when you and and also the they character models in the response da- to it, the Dauntless weapons make more of the moving through air noises and less of the thud on impact noises. Yeah, well, I mean, and also. How the character models react to them. So when you play Dauntless and you hit a monster with it, you'll get your number pop up. You'll get a graphic, for instance, for the impact when you hit it. But the monster, unless it's a critical hit or something happens, doesn't always respond to itself with cut of its tail. What is that game, or what is the game, Sony game knockoff of Monster Hunter before World came out? Uh, Toy Kuden or something like that? Mm. It was very much, this is Monster Hunter in Japan with... Monster spirits, Mitama that you have to collect. And, but the, my complaint about that game was impact. Like you said, you, you're, you're attacking the monster in those games. Mouse. That's enough. But uh, in those games, you attack the monster and it hits, it does damage, you get the, uh, you, you see it, but there's not a lot of visceral connect. Yeah. Whereas Monster Hunter... Running up and you do an impact slash, you do a draw attack, you do a, a good solid get the stagger. Yeah, you'll and notice you'll it. get the stagger. You'll notice it with the response to the action from the character from the the monster the model of the monster and the character. And for a big example of that is the hammer in Dumbs, the big heavy weapon, takes longer to swing. Yes, it does. But one of the impacts that's very telling in Monster Hunter that comes into your play is that if you miss with a hit in Monster Hunter, it buries your hammer. And you have to worry about dodging. And it has that thump. And it gives a small... Most people know it'll give a vibration. And, you know, dirt will plume up. And the monster takes notice when you... You, when you, you whiffed. Dirt dirt whiffed. Going, yeah, it, when, it calls when aggro. you dirt nap your weapon, because I hammer main. So if, you, if I dirt nap my weapon and Val Hazak sees me, then I got problems. But... Hitting something is way more visceral in Monster Hunter. And it's not about the graphics. It's not about how good the character model looks. It's about how they move and how they respond. And in the same way, laser tag is technically shooting something at someone, but you don't see that thing. It doesn't have an impact when it hits you. It feels kind of cheap when you get shot because, oh, you're out. How do you know? But when you have nerf or you have something like that, you can feel it with a thunk from the gun upon the discharge of whatever you're shooting. And you'll feel it when you get hit. And so it has visually see it. Yeah, it has impact. The difference between airsoft and paintball, airsoft is moving fast enough and not causing any damage and not causing any marks that you're you're back to an honor system. 
Yeah. And at one point in time, we had a little kid playing at an event with us. And I say kid, and I mean he's, you know, 16 or 18. A little liar. Yeah. I'm just saying a liar. Yes. Yeah. Yes, a liar. Yes. Yeah, all right. And he's, he's uh, not calling his hits. Yeah. No. So I had a I had a airsoft gun that you're rated for limits on your engagement. You cannot be this close and fire X powerful weapon. Yeah. Because you could potentially hurt, hurt someone. someone. Yeah. I am just within my rules of engagement for this weapon. Thump. He's he's Fuck. not calling his hits when I'm hitting him in his chest because he's got the little fake carrier uh, plate carrier. Mm-hmm. Light up the chest. Okay, he's not calling his hits. He's wearing a mask, a full helmet. So rocket up the ma- the chest and mask. See if the clink clink clinks around the face. Flinch him and let him call yeah. his hit. Nope, still not calling it? Okay, then I'm going to rock it right down your thigh. <laughs> and fall down. <laughs> uh, he called that hit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's one of the things that... I also think the impact of a party game is not so much sort of like Monster Hunter Impact, but is it lends itself to winding up. Yes. So, it I mean, makes you more excited and want to get back in and play again. Like, let's take the mechanics of Mario Party for a second. It, it also makes Mario Party a villain, but every game, for the most part, is neck and neck. You win on a scale of points that are one to four. Mm-hmm. You don't win on a scale of points that someone's going to get thousands ahead of you, you give up and hate it. You can get unlucky, but you can make uh, a turnaround. So it has really good comeback mechanics. They always want a tight race because they always want people to be excited. It has to keep people engaged like that. So, like, take the, the combat mechanics of, you know, the, the Mario Kart. It's made for the close for the race to be close. A good party game can always turn around in the last second. Always get Hail Mary plays out of nowhere. Always get crazy stuff. And it makes them unpredictable. It's like Munchkin. You're pulling over cards. The cards in Munchkin are far more... You, you can't plan around them as much because they're far more impactful. Because they will switch yeah. a game up. Yeah. If you I made can it see to where it's something that you could strategize and you had win by small cuts, it wouldn't be as fun as a party game. But when someone flips over something that they get and gives them pluses that are ridiculous, then it's now our job to take them down. And the good news is, it's probably three cards down. There's something that'll be able to nerf them or, mo- or knock them off. It's always switching back and forth. I can see that. So did you figure out what your answer for what your favorite uh, go-to party game is? I already answered it. It was the Smash? Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, what is the game that you would dream to play more often but never actually happens? For me, it's Sentinels of the Multiverse. I love the game, but it has just enough learning curve, just enough I got to sit people down and make them pay attention, that it's not. It's a game night game, not a party game. Mm. I wish I wish it was more for me anyway. See, mine is going to be resource management games. The one that I can think of that's sitting on my shelf right now that I would love to play more is called Midgard. But generally, like you said, those games aren't necessarily a you can play them drunk. Yeah, they have everything in the box, but there's also a good amount of plotting in the game. 
But I love those games. And as much as I would like to pull them out for more of, hey, let's just play this, not a lot of people like resource management games. There's a lot of res- As you said, there's a lot of resource management games in that. Um, I'm going to go a little different tilt on a box game for that. Though. Strip poker. Yeah. <laughs> Love to play it more often. The thing is, nobody plays it with me anymore. I lose on purpose. <laughs> That's no. why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to see that. When you, were, when you were younger, maybe, but now. <laughs> How about we play reverse strip poker? Put your clothes back on. <laughs> Man, he's quick to want people to deal out. Dear God. He just screams and throws his cards out every time. No, um, the one that gets me is not because of complication. I think the longer games. So access and allies. I love a good long game of Access oh, and Allies. What, what is the Nobody wants to sit through all Diplomacy. That. Yeah, diplomacy. <laughs> Games like that. They're not necessarily hard to learn, but they're an investment to play. Okay. They're, they're going to take up time. You're going to be there at least two to three hours. Days. Okay, yeah. here's a game for you that I really don't know where it lies on the scale of what you classifies as. I know it has one, but I can't think of it. The game Zaya. X-I-A. It's it's a uh, space game where you choose your ship and you get to kit it out with, this is the size of my engine, This is, these are my uh, mm-hmm. guns, and then the rest of it is cargo for when you go out and you start collecting your stuff from flying around. God, and you start off... Fun. Yeah, it starts off, I believe they're... They are hexagonal? Or they are, um, what's the six-sided one? Pentagon? No, no that's hex- five. Hex- hexagonal is hex- six-sided. Okay, I was, uh, never mind. Hexagonal, not octagonal. Yeah, they're hexagonal pieces where the first person to go goes, I'm going to head out in this direction. And you have a stack of tiles. And you pull the tile and you go, Okay, this is the next thing here. You found a planet. You know, if you found the find the sun, because the sun is one of the tiles, you are immediately a burnt up little crisp, and you need to uh, restart. How did I miss running into the sun? <laughs> mm-hmm. Reminds me of uh, house rules for the oldest uh, version of Star Wars. But like the- every time you go into hyperspace, roll a percentile on a one, two, or a three, you ran into the giant words. <laughs> but the thing yes. was, is like I have one friend that I have played this with a couple of times, and you're meant to actually expand the board into some sort of random blobby shape. Yeah, we generally have. A piece of a blob, and then just this straight line running mm-hmm. off the table. <laughs> and you're like, you just made the worst map of, because you will also draw mission cards. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I need to go to. Down on the end of the down line. Down on the end of the line. Evil stare at the person that created mm-hmm. the line of fuck you. Mm, why do you do this every time? Yeah. Well, and to be honest, D&D is sort of the largest variable long-term game board game because nobody does it anymore. But when it's an original design, you had a map. You had pieces. Is that Castle Ravenhoff? 
was that the original castle? No, he's talking raid? about actual just D and D out of the box was you yeah. explore the world. Yeah. And the dungeons were spots that you had found on the map. Yeah. In between towns. Yeah. And it was it was just so long and arduous that people took the, the role playing part of it and just shorthanded it. And turned it things into like I still have original, you know, DM screens, original dungeon maps. Like you 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 can get still. Like even I have them, I don't know where they are. Back in the day, if you didn't want to use a monster manual, they made cards for mm-hmm. first edition. I have a whole box of these just monsters that you just pull out, throw it, put a put a piece on there, and that was how it worked. And so, it since you made that, your own character, that, that monster manual version that came in the three ring binder, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that was that was pretty much one of the longest arduous table games. It just ascended itself to being an RPG. Well, my care. first my first RPG was an Avalon Hill knockoff of. Dungeons and Dragons yeah. called Powers and Perils. Yeah. And I have half the books out in that. No, I think I've got. I think I have all five of the books that came in the the bookshelf kit. Yeah. For, for this out in the garage. But it was stupid and it was arduous and it was yeah. 80s mass. But, but over time, they, they streamlined it. It eventually turned into the shit that's still on my shelves now. Yeah. Well, but we'd love that shit. Oh, well, absolutely. That shit Still is better crack. than Palladium. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I still have my collector's edition Palladium stuff, and I look at it and go, uh, I don't hate people. I'm I, not going to make them play this. Shadowrun <laughs> Shadow Run this weekend, so I'm all about having a system that's not the friendliest thing to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Bathtub full of D6. Absolutely. Well, we've hit that hour and a half mark, and we've had our fun in games. Uh, I don't know what we'll be talking about next week, and I don't think next month is going to have an overall scene. But, uh, <laughs> hey, three episodes up, three episodes down. Yeah. We will find a theme. <laughs> will we? I don't know, maybe. I know we'll have a topic, but I don't know that we'll have a theme throughout the month. Uh <laughs> If you want to get in touch with us, uh, stay a while and listen. dot uh, com has a, a integrated message board. You can leave us notes on the different shows. Uh, you can email me riff at stayandlisten. dot com uh, at stayandlisten. dot com. Don't bother emailing me. You haven't. We haven't even set yours up yet. Exactly. So that's okay. Um, we we can all just have them email Brian. Matt, it's fine. He gets li- the problem. Uh, like subscribe. Rate all that good shit. Uh, it helps more than you know. We're we're a stupid well, little. Uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. We're we're a stupid little starting out at this point, and uh, I do have a face group, a face group, Facebook site. He has uh-huh. a of faces. It's a group of faces. He's hanging them on the wall. He's just stumbling over his words. He's a murderer. Raw faces just gross. Raw. <laughs> Everybody loves freshly toasted faces. Uh. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Good night. And our music is brought to you by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Our intro music is Faster Does It and outro is Darkseeland.
Thank you.